Welcome to Conversations with Z and Vindesh, a weekly discussion that explores common life challenges and offers practical solutions. Learn more at dharmamedia.com. That's D-H-A-R-M-A media.com. All right, welcome back everyone to this week's edition of Conversations. Z, you and I are talking about how not to be the greater fool. We live in this society where there are a lot of fools and there are greater fools. And I see this all the time in finance. Finance, as you said, you were talking about Bitcoin, about how Bitcoin, I think Bill Gates said that Bitcoin is based on the greater fool theory. So the whole value of Bitcoin, people talk about how it's going to revolutionize commerce how it's going to take the government out of transactions, it's going to free the people. Bill Gates came out and said, you know what, Bitcoin is all about the greater fool. It's about buying something because you think that someone else is going to pay more for it than what you pay for it. They're, they're buying it because they think someone else down the line will come in and will pay more for it. And so the price keeps on going up and up until suddenly there's no one left to buy and the whole thing collapses. And you made some points, which I've thought about in the past as well. When you think about the NFT market or you think about Bitcoin, it's kind of like it doesn't really add up. It's a story that doesn't make sense. NFTs, these are digital assets that people are paying millions of dollars for. So it's digital artwork. I think there was one NFT which sold for $70 million. And it's just a digital file. That's all it is. So you can actually download this thing for free. But someone is paying for the NFT because that one happens to be the original one. Even though you can't tell the difference between the original one and all the copies, there's some database somewhere which assures the buyer that they've got the original NFT. And for whatever reason, that makes it worth $70 million instead of zero. And so you hear this and you're kind of like, I don't get it. This is just weird. It doesn't make any sense to me. And then you talk to people in the art world or people who are true believers And they're like, no, you just don't get it. It's a way to support artists. It's a way to participate in the upside. It's a way to take power back and bring it back to the people so you don't have big record labels who are involved. You don't have art galleries who are involved. And it's kind of like, okay, these words that you're saying make sense to me to a point, but I don't really get what you're talking about. It doesn't add up for whatever reason. And Z, what's interesting to me is that you see this over and over again. So there's so many examples. I mean, finance is a great example. You've got hundreds of years of this behavior. You've got the tulip bubble back in the 1600s where people were taking their life savings and investing them in tulips because the price kept on going higher and higher and higher. So literally, you would sell your house and use that money to buy tulips. And it was that greater fool theory. Can I take those tulips and can I sell, uh, give them to someone else or sell them to someone else? And then you got into this whole FOMO thing. So even if you don't want to sell them, it's like, oh my God, am I going to be the only one who doesn't have any tulips? What am I going to say to my friends and my neighbors? Everyone else is talking about how rich they're getting. So I have to get in. So that's another aspect of this greater fool phenomenon. You go to the housing collapse that we saw in 2007, 2008. I guess it really happened in 2008. And the whole story was that, oh, there's never been a nationwide decline in house prices. They can only go higher and higher and higher. Meanwhile, people are borrowing money. They had these things called Ninja Loans, which stands for no income, job, or assets. So they were giving loans to people with no income, no job, and no assets. And these were actually reverse amortizing loans, which means that you didn't even have to pay interest. 
you could borrow money, buy the house, so put nothing down. You would get the house in exchange, and then instead of paying the interest, the interest would accrue to your loan. So let's say you borrowed a million dollars and you owed ten thousand in interest. Instead of paying the ten thousand in interest, your loan amount would go up to one million ten thousand dollars, then one million twenty thousand dollars. And guess what? If you have no income, you have no prospects. Of course, there's no hope that you can ever pay that off. The only way for this thing to work is for prices to keep on going higher, so that you can sell your house to someone else, or even if you don't sell it. You can take a home equity loan because the value has gone up, so you can take some cash out of this thing. So it was basically a disaster waiting to happen. And what's interesting about all these things, whether it's Bitcoin or it's the housing bubble or the tulip bubble, or you could even talk about the U.S. economy. I mean, this is another example of the greater fool theory uh, where the entire U.S. economy, we borrow so much money from the rest of the world they basically export to us. So they have all of these industries that they've set up to sell products to U.S. consumers, but there's no hope of ever getting the money back. We just give them IOUs. So they give us money and we print dollars and give them the dollars. And it's kind of like, how is this going to work out? <laughs> how is this going to benefit you? But everyone else is doing it and the world just follows along. And this has been going on for 50 years. And now, finally, we're getting to this point for a variety of reasons. Part of it is this whole Russia-Ukraine conflict where people are looking at this and saying, I don't need to be part of the system. I can opt out of this economic system. I can focus on myself, do what's in my best interest, instead of just sending shit to U.S. consumers and getting nothing in exchange. But it, what's interesting to me is this stuff goes on for such a long time. And the longer it goes on, the more you question your own sanity. So it's one thing if it doesn't make sense and the next day, whatever the investment is or the idea is, it totally collapses and you're like, okay, that makes sense. But what ends up happening with these situations where you really get a lot of people to buy into it, it just gets a momentum of its own, a life of its own, and it keeps on going and going and going. And it goes on for longer and it goes farther than anyone can imagine. And there's actually a saying about this in finance that if you think about a bubble, like something is just overvalued and it keeps on going up and up and up. I forget who said this, but there was an economist who said that bubbles last longer than you can imagine. So they go on and on and on, even though you expect them to crash. And then when the crash finally happens, they collapse more suddenly than you could even dream of. Uh, so it's almost the worst situation. It goes on and on and on. It goes on for so long that it brings people in. You start saying, yeah, this doesn't make sense, but I must be missing something because everyone else is doing it. Because, yeah, maybe if it happened for six months, it would be one thing, but these tech stocks have been going up for four years, five years. I must be wrong, so let me get in. And then you get in, and then the collapse happens, and it happens so fast that you're totally screwed and you lose all your money. And we could, I'm sure, apply this to social situations, social trends as well. It doesn't just have to be about finance. It's kind of buying into something, following along with something, following along with an idea that really doesn't add up, that doesn't make sense, that there are a lot of complicated explanations around. But we do it because everyone else is doing it. And ultimately, everyone who's participating is a fool because they're not thinking for themselves. They're just relying on what, some, what someone else is doing. And they're expecting that even more people are going to come in and support the activity and eventually bail them out. So this is the idea, Z. I don't know if you have any other thoughts on this to open up. I mean, I just wanted to provide some perspective on this greater fool idea. But when you think about it, how are you thinking about this greater fool concept? Um, I think about it again. I love words. I, I, I had many great professors that told me 
to really have an understanding or concept of, of ideas as you're formulating thoughts and then turning those into material action. Understand your narrative. A fool is a person, um, a fool is a person who acts unwisely, right? A fool is a person who acts unwisely, impudent, and silly. You don't want to be that person, and you don't, certainly don't want to be the greater person. When I was in combat sports, uh, kickboxing and that sort of thing, one of the things that you learned early on is when you took a bunch of really hard punches, it would fatigue your body and it would be similar to being knocked out. So you're, what it, that meant is you were going through a phase of disorientation. You were moving about like a fool. So what you'd have to do is go to certain uh, points of polarity. Where are my feet? Where's the sky? Hands up, protect yourself at all times. That is so you could regroup. You could recenter yourself. You could make sure that there was only one person in the ring with you and you weren't seeing two people in the ring with you. Or the floor looked like the sky and the sky looked at the floor. And you needed time to recover, to get your feet back under you, right? so you could continue on and even prevail. Well, nowadays we're getting hit with so many punches, so many disorienting punches that we've lost our own polarity. What I hope in this podcast, for those who have opted out or striving to be an opt-out, to think for yourself, is you, you can apply that same principle to your own life so you won't be a greater fool or just a fool. When you hear, for example, we talked about the whole Bitcoin thing. I was very interested in it. I knew someone who was a very early creator of Bitcoin. And he was trying to explain to me how Bitcoin worked. And he said the main thing with Bitcoin, he said the key thing, he told me this probably back in 2014 or 2015. He said that it's a decentralized currency that's based on crowdsourcing. He explained the whole thing, which made sense. Basically, it was an alternative currency that would go through different exchanges other than traditional financial exchanges. So they would be decentralized. So no, the World Monetary Fund, the U.S. government, whoever it was, had no control over that. They didn't determine its value, but the people that used it did. And I thought, hey, that's a great idea. The problem is, is what we saw with this whole Russia-Ukraine thing is when the U.S. decided that Russia was a bad guy, they closed ranks, took people's possessions, um, uh, froze the income of oligarchs, confiscated their yachts. They were bragging about that. So these people were all part of a centralized trade system, centralized. So that told me, right, that, well, Bitcoin doesn't work because if the government is regulating it, if they can say how much you're worth, uh, involve themselves in it, tax you, then it's no longer decentralized. So let's wash our hands of that. It's no longer decentralized. Somebody other than you and the person you're doing an exchange with has a say on what's going on. Right then, it doesn't work anymore because you have this ghost in the middle or this hidden face. So it's not working. So no matter how much you spin on it, an in NFT, 
if for all of us who you know are, are older or whatever, and you start hearing that there's a way that they could print out a picture, and it's worth 70 million if you own the first Xerox copy of it. Okay? I own the first Xerox copy of a photograph of a horse. Right? That, that's what NFTs are. Somebody just punched you in the jaw. If you believe that there's some value to that, because I looked at an NFT drawing, I made a copy of it on my phone, and I printed it out. So you're telling me that's worth 70 million. It's not. It's not, it's not worth anything. But because the greater fool believes it to be that, and if you're striving to be a greater fool, then you go along with it. Now it's just a ship of fools, an unguided vessel in the stormy sea. It doesn't sound right. Trust yourself. Trust the, trust the sky above your head and the earth under your feet. Get out of that. Just opt out of that. Kaylin showed me this disturbing newspaper article. There was a woman who was angry and went on um, talkly talk or what, what's it called, whatever, uh, tic-tac-toe. And she got on tic-tac-toe and she said, uh, this is a horrible business. They wouldn't let me ride a horse. I said, what was the problem? Well, I weighed 250 pounds and the limit on this horse was 170, 150 pounds. So these people are bad. And their business should be shut down. They should be shamed. Um, what's wrong with that? What's wrong with that story? What did you say, Caitlin? A horse can carry uh, one twentieth of its weight and stay healthy. It can weigh twenty percent. So this woman weighed half the horse's weight. So why should there even be a discussion? This is the ship of fools. This is the ship of fools. I showed you a discussion, Vin, uh, of one of these gender professors that said, speaking the truth is transphobic. That's what he actually said. Speaking the truth is transphobic. What does phobic mean? An unreasonable fear of something. When did we hijack the word phobia to mean you're just not going for something. So if I decide that I'm a vegetarian, I'm not meat phobic. I'm not meat phobic. I just don't want to eat meat. If I don't drink Pepsi Cola, I'm not Pepsi phobic. I just don't want diabetes. I'm not scared of diabetes. I just don't want diabetes. That's not interesting to me, so I don't drink Cokes and Pepsis. So let's be unfoolish. Let's get off the ship of fools. Let that ship go in the same direction as the Titanic. But let's not feel bad about not getting on the Titanic. Even if our loved ones are saying, come on, it's going to be a great cruise. It's a great ride. Um, you know, there's just, it's just going to be a wonderful adventure. Well, you know where it's headed. You know where it's headed. Even though you care for these people and love for these people, you don't want to be on that ship. You want to just simply get on with your life and live a wonderful life. There's a big movement of, of anti-health, anti-wellness, um, anti-intellectualism. So if you want to have a reasonable discussion, you can be shouted down 
or people will include how they feel about something. And the feelings trump reason. Feelings now trump reason. Because you don't feel something, if you don't, something doesn't feel good to you, doesn't mean it's wrong. If you hear a statistic, or if you hear science, scientific research, and you don't like it, that doesn't denigrate the research. And for those of us who, because of the shrill voice of those people who reject it, buy into that, then we're buying into foolishness. We become a greater fool. So don't be foolish. I strive every day in, in all my conversations, you guys know now, I am apolitical. Because whatever you say the left is doing, I can find the right doing it 10 times. Whatever you say the right is doing, I can find the left doing it 10 times. Let's get off that ship altogether. That's the Titanic, the Britannica, all wrapped up into one. This thing ain't going to go. It's just not going to work out. And for our own mental health, putting up a wall, a citadel of sensibility around you is very important. As we watched a lot of things going on in the world, and we want to stay on the clear side of that, there must be a sincere and diligent rejection of foolishness. You can't make sense of it. You can't argue it away. What you can do is avoid it. And now here's, here, here's an interesting um, uh, trap. Is now there's a, even uh, in my studies and, and researching contemporary thought, that if you don't accept and you want to be left alone or you don't want to acknowledge foolishness, that is considered offensive. If you don't hear out the foolish soliloquies of these people and their diatribes and so forth, you some way have offended them because let's say there's some foolish activity going on, uh, shaming healthy people, which is actually a thing now. And you just say, look, I'm not even going to listen to this stuff. That's considered an act of offense if you're on the ship of fools. So now you can only be canceled, attacked, or whatever, if you're on this vessel with them. So let's not be on the vessel with them. Let's create our own community of, of higher striving consciousness. Let's be okay with not being in the first class on the ship of fools. The seats are great, the view is great, but it's going nowhere. So I'd rather get on a bench in a, on a rickety bus ride where there are intelligent people going to healthier, uh, higher consciousness places. We can go on and on with this, but I want us to be able to identify. Trust yourself. Human beings are assigned by nature a prime directive of survive improve the species. That's what every creature that breathes or thrives on Earth does. Ask why that is, because nature has given us an opportunity to grow and evolve, to adapt, to create, 
to explore, to do better. We're now in a place where people are doing the opposite. We're de-evolving. A lot of the research, health research, has now shown that more and more people have asymmetric bodies. What does that mean? We're tending to be rounder, straighter, uh, indistinguishable from male and female because of the hormones uh, in, the, in the environment, our food, our diet, lack of exercise. And there's a theory out that we're evolving to adapt to the phytoplastics in the environment meaning our metabolism is getting lower, our respiration is going lower, our pulse ox, ox levels are going down. So we're, in a, we're going into a stasis kind of state, a low metabolic, low reflex, dull-witted creature that will be totally dependent on technology to express every aspect of our lives. Many people polled nowadays are okay with um, what they call virtual relationships. Every year they're polling more and more people are okay with virtual relationships. Virtual. So then where does the improvement of the species come? It doesn't. It doesn't exist in that area. So what about those who are not on that ship? then our burden is greater. We have a greater liability to living, coexisting. And if we are attached to that in a familiar way, it becomes extremely burdensome if you are the only one rowing the boat, if you're the only one generating energy, and everyone else is sort of parasitically leeching off of that. So we'll naturally see conflict in the world. In addition to that, of course, through various governmental decisions, um, the production of resources that sustain life are diminishing. And so let's be really careful how we look at things through the window of yesterday and try to look forward to tomorrow. We can't use that window. So there was a, there's, there's been a big issue with housing. The prices of housing have been keep going up and up and up. And somebody thought that was a good idea. Well, recently, the lumber companies have said there was a, uh, a, a lack of lumber. And now all of a sudden there's a surplus. Why? People can't afford the houses anymore. So now the price of lumber is plummeting. And there's a surplus of lumber because nobody can afford to buy a house. So that's slowing down. But maybe that's a good thing because they were deforesting the earth so fast that there wouldn't be any trees growing to buy anyway, which would have made the scarcity of wood higher. So we've taken a little break with the deforestation. Maybe, I'm not sure. But think about that. The housing prices got, have gotten so out of hand. And, and only a fool would not have seen that coming. You can't rent an apartment in L.A. or any of these big cities, uh, hell, L.A., you're considered impoverished if you make under 150000 a year. You're considered a person in need of financial aid just to live. With the fuel prices continuing to spiral up on the ship of fools, the collective, because we are at each other's throat, that we can never agree upon anything, we're, we're divided in this binary way, uh, 
liberal versus conservative, Republican versus Democrat, uh, we're being robbed blind. There's, we can't call and say, let's stop driving everybody. Let's carpool. That's what they did in the 70s during the Arab oil crisis. That's where carpooling started. With, uh, before that, the Black Panther Party started a carpooling. And then during the Arab oil embargo, the early 70s, that's where people started riding to work together to save fuel. We can't do that now because people hate each other. We followed politics to the point where we hate each other. So it's really hard to work for common interests. Yeah, I believe it's all by design. So we're all on this ship of fools. So the fuel companies can just keep jacking the prices up for no reason other than make up for losses during COVID. It's, whatever they're saying isn't true. There's plenty of fuel, plenty of oil. There's also sustainable fuels that are ready to go online. Uh, there are green fuels that are ready to go online. You can run a car off propane, liquid natural gas, Brown's gas. It's all readily available. The prices of electric cars have doubled in two years. They're doubling the prices of electric cars. A friend of mine drove over in a new electric car. Stan drove over this beautiful new electric car. was listed at $40,000. He said, no, I had to pay $80,000 for it. So you, 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 what we, we, we're on the ship of fools. And, and there's this competition to be who, who is the king fool? Who's the super fool? How about not get in that contest? So let's withdraw a little more. Pull our energy back. You know the prices in grocery stores are skyrocketing. Now, uh, I don't know where everybody's at, but... To go out and get basically a lunch in California, you're, you're going to be out of $30 to get lunch. Right, Caitlin? You're going to be out about $30 to get lunch. $30 for lunch. So if you're $30 for lunch, $30 for breakfast, $30 for dinner, that's a $100 day. Then you got, we have $7 gallon gas. So if you're not making more than that a day, you got to be making $100 a day just to support your day. We've got on this ship, and it's a sinking ship. But that doesn't mean there isn't hope. Wherever there's intellect is a light. It's just like I started by saying when you're in fighting sports, and when you're exhausted and you're taking blows and you feel like you're going to go down and the light starts to dim, what you do is polarize yourself. You say, here are my feet, here are the sky, here's my hand, here's my opponent, there's the clock. I need to keep moving. Diffuse the blows so I can recover. I can recover my senses. That's what you're trying to do, is, is locate yourself. I want a clear mind, I want a clear head. And when you hear this stuff, this endless stream of madness, shut it off. Catch yourself, say, so my God, what, what, what the hell is this I'm listening to? What am I eating? What am I swallowing? What, what, what poison am I ingesting that's, that's making me dizzier? I'm about to go be unconscious. I'm trying to navigate the world, and I don't know how to speak to people. You have to ask people now, how do I speak to you? A young lady uh, was in Pretty Tony's class today, and she was asking about... Um, Tai Chi, she was going to be traveling. I said, I can look that up for you. Maybe I know some people in Asia. 
I was tracking something down. And she just had such a nice demeanor about her. I said, you have a really beautiful demeanor, young lady. Just good energy. Just clean. You know how some people, you know, she just has that clean energy. Kaylin knows. And I said, but before, I'm sorry, is it okay to say that? Is it okay to say young lady? Is it okay to say beautiful? Is it okay to say nice, nice energy? Is it okay to even look at you in a way that, expresses gratitude for your, you gracing my presence. We can't do that anymore. You go back to the thing I talked about, the person was offended because they couldn't hurt a horse. So we went from save the animals, PETA, take care of our animals, to I have the right to damage an animal because it feels good to me. You know? So those are my thoughts, Vin. Yeah, it's certainly interesting times. I feel like there's just so much craziness. I tend to, to just pull back because, as you're saying, Z, getting involved in this stuff and even having the debates, it's so confusing. There's that clip that you sent me that you mentioned about the professor talking about how truth was transphobic. And nothing this person said made any sense. And I was playing this, I turned the clip on, and my wife was sitting next to me. She just heard the first five or ten seconds, so caught the very beginning. And she started having a panic attack, and she was like, just listening to this is stressing me out, because it's so confusing. Because this stuff just doesn't make any sense. And then if you try and understand where the person is coming from, it's just too hard. It's like you, you got to suspend what you know about reality, what you know about circular logic, you have to stop asking rational questions. It just becomes a religious experience. I think that's how someone put it. Uh, this guy, John McWhorter, you may have come across him, Z. He also does a lot with language and, uh, and talks about race issues. Uh, but he talks about how some of the, the social justice movements in today's day and age, it's like a religious movement where you just have to believe no matter what. And it doesn't matter if there are contradictions. It doesn't matter if something is inconsistent with your life experience, or if you take the implications of what someone is saying that would lead to disastrous consequences, you're just supposed to believe. And you're supposed to believe to, sh to show support for the group. So it's this weird place that we're in. You know, maybe part of it is tribal. In fact, it's interesting. I'm answering some questions. I've got this interview request that I'm responding to, and there are questions that are coming up about why why are we in such a polarized state today? Why have we aligned ourselves with one tribe to the exclusion of other tribes? And as I think about this, a lot of it is that we don't have that self-ownership that you've been talking about. We don't have a good sense of self. Like, who are we and what are we all about? And if we don't have that, we lack a foundation. It's kind of like you're walking around on shaky ground. You expect that you're going to fall down at any moment or the world is going to open up and swallow you whole. So it's kind of like being in the middle of an ocean. And you're looking for a life raft or a buoy or just something to hold on to. Give me something. You know, give me anything that I can hold on to that gives me some definition in my life, some standard in my life. I don't know what my life is about. I don't know how to think. I don't know what I should be doing, what I shouldn't be doing. So let me just grab on anything and find some group where I don't have to ask these questions. And the problem is that we do that. The more meaningless life is, in a sense, the more we gravitate towards someone else's standards to fill that void. 
So you can think about how inane a lot of our activities have become in terms of the technology addictions, the endless consumerism, the drive for status, for validation. We don't have that foundation, so we look for someone to tell us we're okay. We look for some group to belong to. And then you stop asking questions, and you're probably terrified that you're going to be ostracized. Someone's going to call you out. So you end up in this state of perpetual anxiety. It becomes this very weird environment where you don't know what's right and what's not right. What's right is what everyone else tells you is right. And it's this guessing game because you don't know what they're thinking. So you have to guess what they're thinking, and they're trying to do the same thing with you. They're trying to guess what you're thinking, so then you have to guess what they're guessing that you're guessing. And there, again, there's there's no, it's like vapor, you know, it's just ephemeral. There's no substance behind this. So the solution, I think, is to go back to our own standards. I mean, just a couple more examples as we're talking about this. There's so many parallels with the stock market. Uh, one of the economists, it might have been Keynes back in the 30s, who said that the stock market is like judging a beauty contest where you're not trying to pick the most beautiful person you're trying to pick the person that everyone else who's judging the contest is going to find the most beautiful. So you have to guess what everyone else thinks is the right answer. And they're also guessing what you think is the right answer. And so again, there's no substance behind this. I think about this person that I'm working with now who's helping me on the spoken word side, connecting me with some media outlets. At first, she didn't want to work with me. I mean, actually, I shouldn't even say that. At first, she did want to work with me. When she heard my music, she was like, wow, this is really cool. This is great. This is such a strong message. And then she started listening to it more carefully, and she went through some of the lyrics. And she's a little bit younger. She's about Caitlin's age. So she's part of this generation which is more steeped in, I don't even know what, but I guess wokeness, cancel culture. And so she's looking at the lyrics, and she's kind of like, oh, should I be offended? Maybe what he's saying is offensive. Is it okay for me to even like it? And then I never heard from her. <laughs> I was like, what the hell happened? I thought you liked this. I thought that we were on board. We were going to work together. And I heard this through someone else that she was afraid that my stuff was too offensive. So I ended up calling her up and we talked for 45 minutes. I had this whole conversation about my views and my project and what it means to me and what I was trying to express in the words that she didn't even find offensive, but she thought that someone might think is offensive or she should think is offensive it was so complicated. At the end of the day, Z, we were able to hash it out. But a lot of people don't even have that conversation. I mean, that took a 45-minute conversation to get on the same page. But most of people's reactions these days is, oh, God, that's so offensive. Get away from me. Uh, let me be on my, uh, my tower of virtue and look down at the world around me and just judge how bad it is without trying to understand someone else's point of view. So it is this really weird point that we've gotten to, and it's not just a weird point, it's a dangerous point because if there's no foundation, if we get back to where we started and we think about what are our standards for how to live, for what we value, for what makes sense, there has to be some absolute part to that. There has to be some link to reality. If not, it's just this greater fool's theory. There's another discussion about this, I think someone asked the question, it was a, kind of a story that was told where a kid asked, what's holding up the earth? And someone replied to him, there's a giant turtle and the earth is sitting on the back of that turtle. And the kid said, okay, well, what's that turtle on? And they said, well, that turtle's on another turtle. 
okay, what's that turtle on? And they said, it's turtles all the way down. So there's no foundation. It's just this infinite set of turtles. So we don't want to be in that world where there's no foundation. We need some link to reality. And I think it gets tough, Z, because there's the social pressure. And it, I don't know about you. Maybe you come from a different generation. For me, it took me a while to get out of this where you almost give other people too much credit. It's like if someone says something and they're an authority figure, you think, okay, they must know what they're talking about. Or there's a group that comes to a certain point of view. I realized this in my first job. I was working at this consulting firm. I was there for a few months. And when I started out, it's kind of a funny job because they take you out of college and you're supposed to go and advise these CEOs on how to run their business. And it's kind of like, what the hell do you know? They've been in this industry for 30 or 40 years, you're two months out of college, you're supposed to provide them advice. And I always felt like I didn't know enough. Not even that I didn't know enough, I didn't know anything. And I would look around me and the people who'd been there for maybe six months or been there for 12 months, so were veterans by my standards, they always spoke so confidently. And I was like, wow, they must really know what they're talking about, that's great. And then I got into the job and it was interesting because I realized that they fell in one of two categories. Either they were just repeating what someone else told them, so they didn't know anything. They were they heard something from their client, so maybe they talked to the CEO and he told them something, and they're repeating it like it's their idea, or they just made shit up. They just made up answers and they said it in a really confident way. And so I think that was maybe the first time in my adult life where I started saying, okay, I should be questioning what other people are saying just because they say something confidently, just because they've got all the right credentials. It doesn't mean that they know anything about what they're talking about. But that social pressure aspect of it, Z, I think is very powerful uh, because you got two things. I mean, one, everyone around you is screaming that this is the answer, this is the right way, this is the way that you should think. So that becomes something that's hard to overcome. And two, there's the factor of time. So even if something is happening that doesn't make any sense, uh, we talked about the financial markets, you've got all these bubbles, but the bubbles that go on for years and years and years. Or you think about income inequality in this country, it's been going on for at least 40 years, it's been a problem. And just now, after 40 years, we're getting to the point where this is coming to a head. But along the way, it was like, okay, maybe I'm missing something. Maybe this system actually works because it has worked. Why won't it keep on working? So you take those two elements, the just the, the pressure of conforming plus the evidence that you have. So even if something is unsustainable, it looks like it's sustainable because it's working for a certain period of time. And those two things, Z, I feel, make it hard to break out of the groupthink and to get out of this greater fool mode. So a lot of thoughts come to my mind. I mean, what's your perspective? What advice would you have for how to break out of the social pressure, how to get more of a link to reality, and how to realize that just because something has happened, maybe there aren't good reasons for it. Maybe it just happens, but eventually it's going to collapse. I mean, how do you tell the difference between that and something which is more sustainable? You know, most of the people that, that we meet have a, have a level of intelligence, of discernment, that has many facets. It's the touch, taste, smell, see, hear test. And over your lifetime, tap into your personal experiences. When, the, when everything is quiet, as your grandmother said, being content with yourself. Let the noise settle, let the dust settle a little bit and listen. Hear, hear the different streams of information 
And when you listen to them carefully, it doesn't sound right. And in you, it doesn't feel right. And then if it, right there with that initial feeling, sit with it long enough and trust it and say, you know what, this doesn't feel right. Look at, look at this whole Ukraine thing. That's, I don't know if it's even in the news anymore. Is it still in the news? So they were blaming the Ukraine thing on fuel prices. Then, of course, some person who was a, wasn't a greater fool showed the actual amount of oil that comes from Russia. And it was not significant. There was no reason for whatever was going on in Ukraine to affect oil prices here. Actually, they were already on the rise. It had more to do with the oil not being used over the last two years of the pandemic and the oil companies very concerned with regaining what they perceived to be their projected losses. It was already happening. And oh, by the way, what about Ukraine? Um, every time that they announced that um, Russia was being humiliated and degraded, another city in Ukraine blew up. Now they're really pushing quietly for Zelensky to just accept surrender, which he basically has in so many ways, but there's no more commentary. They went on to the next folly of fools. For those of you who are deeply vested in politics, all your politicians have let you down. All of them have damaged America, have damaged your country. If you say you're a patriot, if you say you believe in your, this nationalism, which puts you in a really bad position. Take the people on your side, air out their laundry and let them all fall on their swords and see what you got. So on the progressive side, it's chaos. Unbelievable. On the, uh, the right-wing extremist side, it's just hypocrisy, blatant hypocrisy. They just busted some person for who's anti-abortion for having abortions. I guess she was a prostitute or something. And uh, which is, the liberals are promoting sex work, but they're down against the hypocrisy. Um, just get out of that. The more we divest from that, the more it dies. Let us not feed it. Let us conserve our energy. Um, this fear of the food and water supply. There's good reason. The waste, just the sheer waste that has become part of a cultural idea of the fools. Let's not be so wasteful of our time, our energy, our resources. Spend more time with each other. Cultivate your consciousness. Live a healthy life by rejecting the greater fool. And you can see it. You can see these things when you're sitting in traffic and you see these horrific traffic jams with people filled with anger. Take your time as you move through traffic and observe the looks on people's faces. Either they're down into their smart device or their face is covered with rage. Almost as if they're being animated by an outside force. They are. They've bought into this. They've opted in. So they become part of the commons. The commons isn't healthy anymore. 
let us do whatever we can to avoid interacting with the medical system. For most of us, it's failed. I think the wait to see a doctor for e any issue is what, Caitlin, months now. It's waits. You can get a point, wait. So well, now you have to be your own best doctor or, or, or hook up with health practitioners that are your friends, basically. Now it's on a... Yeah, what is that? It's not 911? That's what's urgent care? Um, it's just a, you can go in with minor things, like if you have like a cough or like... Well, so why would you even go in if you just had a cough? You see, that's, that's my... I'm all, you'd go in because maybe you have something that just requires some medication that you can't get over the counter. Um, so you can go get your Oxycontin over there? Um... No, but they can diagnose like bronchitis or stuff like that. Mm. Um, and then do what? And then give you prescriptions <laughs> yeah. for that instead of having to wait for your doctor. Well, Caitlin said that's how you get to die. You go to something called urgent care. Um, I say just stay healthy and well. Hunker down. Um, so we, we want to really work on being the not fool, the opposite of a fool. Wise, thinking, considerate, know where you are, ground yourself, know where the sky is, know where the earth is, work from there, trust your instincts. You listen to this stuff, it gets confusing. Like I said, all that stuff, you mentioned it, Vin, I've sent you, we've been doing this research and some of it is so confusing. And then now they have experts that try to unravel this and make a, some sort of conversation that you can follow out of this and they can't do it. They can't even do it because it's so dynamic, it's so hard hitting, it's so quick. Stuff is popping up so quick you just can't keep up with it. Um, and the more that you see this, the more you realize how deep it is. So we're going through interesting times. Humanity always has. Yet this time we are and another frequency because of the, the technology has sped up everything. It's changed the space-time continuum. Our bodies are changing as a species. The birth rates are going down. The sperm count has gone down. Estrogen levels are, are, are dropping through the floor also. So men and women now have the same estrogen-testosterone ratio. Um, we're becoming more like amphibians than mammals. Humans are actually becoming amphibians that morph their gender more than they are mammals. And as you know, amphibians are often cold-blooded, amoral. Things to think about. Let's not be amphibians. Let's not be frogs. For those of us, let's be human. But Caitlin says she likes frogs. They're cute. Okay, so I that's like the colorful ones. That's where we're at. Okay, that's where we're at. Can I be a rainbow one? Well, that's your whole generation is the rainbow <laughs> frogs. And um, that's great. Go for it. Go for it. <laughs> So I'm out of here. I'm a dinosaur. I'm, I'm an ancient mammalian, you know, King Kong something descendant. So I'm just, I'm watching the, the ship sink, baby. It's the end of the world as we, as we know it, and I feel fine.
But for us opt-outs, trust your own mind. Cultivate your own mind. Follow your own mind. Study, research, observe, prepare for the deficits in society. The people are going to be running out of uh, the medications. Uh, they won't have the resources to address that. The economy is not able to support the amount of people that are desperate. And they're desperate because imagine these people who are gluttons and things like that when they run out of food. Um, it's going to be an interesting world. So I'm not saying this as a scare tactic, oh, the sky is falling. We're seeing it now. This is, we're seeing it now. We're going to see more incidents of violence and attacks. The, the basic predator nature of the zombie frogs is going to be amplified. So let us be alert and prepared for that by honing ourselves emotionally, spiritually, and physically. Huh, Vin? Yeah, I think that's right. I mean, one thing that's been useful for me, because I come from a very analytical background, whether it's school or it's work, I feel like this is a Western tendency in general where you got the left side of the brain overdeveloped versus the right, more intuitive side. And so for me, in the past, uh, I would get caught up in a lot of these arguments and discussions, and you try and talk through things in logical ways. But some of the stuff is just so confusing. That's a defeating proposition. It's like by the time you even figure out what the hell someone else is saying, they moved on to something else, and you know something's wrong, but you can't necessarily articulate it in the moment. That's why what you've been saying, Z, getting back to that visceral sense, that gut sense of, okay, does this feel right? Does it not feel right? Let that be your guide. And that doesn't mean there's no room for analysis, but I feel like we've gone too far in the other direction, just confusing ourselves and wrapping ourselves into knots uh, with these false arguments and uh, this tendency to be analytical and dissect every single thing that we need to balance that out. We need to get back to more of that gut sense of does this make sense or not? Is this something that's sustainable or am I just lining up on this ship of crazy people and I'm going down with a ship of fools? That's right. So let us um, go in the other direction, folks. Let's get on the ship of the same. Let's do our thing. Let's, let's enjoy this life. All right, man? All right. Yeah. Yeah. Now when the crazy rainbow frogs attack me, I'll, I'll go down with a smile. I'll be happy for the ride. Grateful. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Good to go. See you soon. See you, everybody. Thank you. If you enjoyed the show, please consider leaving us a review on Podbean, iTunes, or your favorite podcasting app. Each five-star review helps us bring you more unique and insightful content. Learn more at dharmamedia.com. Peace.